0: All right, everybody, and we are live for the Ask Anything edition of Monday Night Football Steelers today. I'm your host, Eddie Provident. With me, since we're on the live stream side, is my main man, Zach Smith, Smitty. uh, Dale and DK are going to be on their way to the stadium shortly. They've got things to do, stuff to write, so they will not be with us today. So it is uh, Smitty and I flying, uh, well, I guess not solo, but we're they uh they enlisted
1: they enlisted the social media guy and the multimedia guy. (laughs) so uh this edition of Steelers today
0: yeah so hey listen uh throw your questions out in the uh in the comment section uh let us know what you want us to talk about uh Dennis says happy Monday happy Monday to you Dennis uh i am I'm on the struggle bus, I'm not going to lie, but uh <laughs> I'm excited for some Steelers football today uh to get started while we're waiting for people to get in here uh Zach yes. you uh on around the four one two that's coming up at two p m today on this youtube channel, uh, if you're watching from youtube uh you and Tyler Weeks had talked a little bit about Najee Harris, so uh, give me a little bit of a rundown of what you guys talked about.
1: Najee Harris is getting better every single week, right? You know, and that goes along with the run game and as a whole, the offensive line progressing. It's a very young offensive line, kind of expected this to happen. But at the same time, as great as that is to see, we pose the question is it possible that they're giving him too many touches? You know, I understand he is a rookie. He did come into the league as a 23-year-old rookie, though. A lot of tread on those tires. How much tread do we want to put on those tires? Are we going to run him into the ground Mm -hmm. in four years? Um, If this is somebody that, you know, the Steelers really want to build around this offense in the future, you know, going down the line here – do they need to to try to find like an AJ Dillon to his Aaron Jones, a Tony Pollard to his Ezekiel Elliott, one of those things? And you know, if that's not on the roster right now, like if Anthony McFarland's not going to be that guy, I I don't know that he is. If Benny Snell's not going to be that guy, he's not. And if Kalen Balazs isn't going to be that guy, and he's not. You know how quickly do we need to add another running back to this room that can take some of those carries away from Najee?
0: Yeah, they they have to do something. I I don't think that giving him the ball, you know, ninety four or giving him ninety four percent of the snaps is is sustainable. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks that that's sustainable. Hopefully, uh, McFarland's that guy. I think as we go on this season, if he stays healthy, we'll get to see a little bit more of him and see how that plays out. Uh, Let's go to some questions. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, if we got Uh, yeah, we've got some coming in. So what I'll do is I'll throw the questions up. Zach, you answer first, and I'll I'll put my two cents in as I I see fit. So first question we got here uh, is literally just James Conner? Question mark. (laughs) I I
1: understand the question. Yeah, James (laughs) Conner. I mean, how about James Conner though? It's great to see for him. the The question in Pittsburgh was never the talent. You know, the the best ability is availability and unfortunately he just was not available to the Steelers a lot and he was the product of a very poor offensive line that he had to run behind I mean we saw this in 2018 what he's doing right Right. now with Arizona um and and it's very nice although he Chase Edmonds did get hurt yesterday that's another one of those you know one two punches that I'm looking at when I talk about do we need to kind of try to find that type of thing for Najee Harris maybe not you know necessarily that 50-50 split obviously because Najee Harris is a workhorse but someone to take that workload off um but James Conner leading the league now in touchdowns yep. um yep. what a Ten perfect fit
0: on the season yeah
1: perfect fit in arizona and he does the
0: thing is like chase
1: edmonds is supposed to be that receiving back we saw james Conner house like a 60 yard pass after taking the screen like he has that ability in him to do that and it's great to see
0: yeah i, I think that uh you know Obviously, everybody in Pittsburgh loved James Conner. I don't. I don't know anybody that didn't love James Conner the person. I think the problem is exactly what you said: the best availability or the best ability is availability, and he was hurt a lot. So I don't know that um, you know. I think that that stuck with Steelers fans maybe a little bit more than it should have, and because of that, you know, do you renew that contract? And I, I think that uh, you know, looking back on it, I don't think that it was going to work long term in Pittsburgh the way things. Uh, went in the way things ended I think he needed that fresh start I think he needed to be in a place like Arizona in an offense that I honestly think fits him a little better as a runner as a you know as a back so yeah I'm happy to see James Conner doing well man I'm not one of those people who are gonna be bitter because he's not playing in Pittsburgh and and having success I want to see that dude succeed in everything he does because he's such a genuinely good human being so yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm still not sure on the number six but yeah, I dude, I'm not sure on this whole single-digit numbers for, <laughs> for running backs and, you know, backers and all that kind of stuff. I'm just not a fan. Uh, yeah. Let's see what else we've got here. We've got uh, Dennis says, who stepped on Minka's foot? Was it Lolly? Wasn't it? I don't really know what you're referring to. <laughs> uh, I, I know that Dale loves Minka. I, I don't know what uh, – I'm not really sure. Is there an inside joke maybe that I'm missing, Zach?
1: I, I don't understand it. I, I did Minka come out and say that somebody stepped on his foot at practice or something. I or I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't Dennis, I mean we're we're here to to, to answer any follow ups. It's got more on that because I I don't know what that's in reference to, but
0: nah, neither do I. I have no clue. Um, oh, speaking of Minka though, I'll
1: call it right now. Minka is getting an interception tonight. All
0: right. I hope you're right because uh, last week I said in the uh, staff picks that Minka was gonna get a uh, was gonna get a big turnover. Oh, uh, really. Yeah, he didn't get the big turnover last week, but he did have that big uh, fourth down uh, pass uh, pass defense that pretty much solidified yeah. the game mm-hmm. for the Steelers. So I think Minka's coming back. I think he's slowly getting back to what everybody expects Minka to be. Uh, I think he can tackle a little bit better, but uh, you know, uh, uh,
1: see that's never been his his strong. No not, no, not that I'm it, like excusing it. Like he definitely needs. But it's to... been bad,
0: bad lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What else we got here? We got uh, James Fetchco, uh, who is a a constant, constant. Uh, Shout out, James. Yeah. James is always on these. He's always uh, supporting supporting the contact. He says, Ben, a lot of people wrote him off. I believe it was his trust in the line. The more it grows, the better he will show, in my opinion. Dude, I I echo everything you said there. there. I know a lot of people at the beginning of the season, especially the national media, wrote Ben Roethlisberger off. A lot of them said that he was washed. A lot of them said he couldn't do it anymore. And in the last three weeks, he's had a passer rating of above 90 every uh, – all three games. So – I, I think he's been he's been great. I think he's been what this team needs. He's been the steady constant. Uh, no turn. He hasn't uh, thrown any interceptions in the last what five weeks before, since he's thrown an interception. Uh, the and then you talk about his his trust in the offensive line. I love what I'm seeing from the offensive line, Zach. I love seeing you know. I, I think the buzzword for this year. I I always feel like Tomlin has one buzzword each year that you know the eventually the media takes on and eventually cohesion has been that word this year i've heard the word cohesion more in the last three months than i've ever heard it in my life but that's exactly what's happening we're seeing a lot of uh of just you know chemistry between these these guys who've never played together and they're putting it together relatively quick and i do think that a lot of that is the confidence that spurs from the the hall of fame quarterback having trust in that in that uh in that five guy uh team
1: yeah. I mean, shout out to James. You mentioned he's always in the comments. I see him as I'm going back through and, and replying to people and liking their comments. So shout out to James. Um, but yeah, I think I really don't have much more to add to this than I think that he's exactly right. You know, I think that his poor performance early on in the season and, and his willingness to not wait for anything and just be a one read quarterback was due to the, the offensive line and not trusting them even when they were, you know, sticking mm-hmm. to their blocks. Um, he just expected that they wouldn't because of the way that the season had started out for those guys. But as they continue to show better and and improve the run game too, and and make sure that they're not facing as many stacked boxes, um, you know that that's just going to continue to pro- improve as a whole. And uh, like he said um, in the interview, that's actually going to air right before tonight's Monday Night Football game. But we saw a preview of it yesterday. Um, you know they're still learning. This offense is nowhere near where it wants to be or where it needs to be. But the thing is that they're winning football games while learning.
0: Yeah exactly uh let's see uh oh leah leah yeah i saw up. that i forgot i
1: forgot that he did mispractice but Tomlin yeah. said that he's gonna play uh, I yeah
0: I, I i didn't know that it was still a thing because he was he didn't show up as right you know as anything mm-hmm. other than just a, a f- but yeah we can blame Dale a for footnote that. just anything other than a footnote <laughs> all right uh, and we just lost all of our, our viewers so yeah. there you go uh let's see what else we got here uh we'll go back to naji for a second uh jared sanchez uh, with oh, a great avata- with a great avatar says uh, <laughs> will Najee get over 100 yards rushing tonight
1: Um. so Chicago their defense they are 11th against the pass however they are 24th, 24th against the run, against
0: the run uh, letting up 124 yards per game yep yeah and, and kind of
1: everything to go back to what we were talking about with the Steelers offense like when this team started to win football games it, you felt like it was because they found like you feel like they found their formula Mm-hmm. you know, for how they want to do that. It's establish it on the ground. Every once in a while, we'll take their shots. You know, Deontay Johnson with his couple long touchdowns back-to-back weeks against Green Bay and Denver. Um, but this is the formula for them to win, is to put the ball in Najee Harris' hands. And that's, you know, primarily on the ground, but also a little bit as a receiver too, because he can do that. Um, 100 rushing yards. I, he's definitely going to go over 100 total yards tonight, I'll say. 100 rushing um, you know what? Yeah. Give me it, Jared. I'll take it.
0: Yeah. I, in my, again, going back to my staff pick, I got uh, Najee having a big night tonight. I think he's going to have a 100 yard game. I think he's going to have 30 or 40 yards receiving easy. I think he has a touchdown or two. And I think that opens up all kinds of room in the middle of the field for Ben Roethlisberger.
1: You know who I, I I feel like has a a good game. And then I want to ask you something. if, If if we have a, a minute here for me to pose a question, all
0: right, um, all
1: right. I think I think Chase Claypool. I think that he has a game. Oh, tonight. I hope
0: so. I hope. So, I'm man. actually rocking He's his doing. color
1: rush jersey right now, and I'll be wearing it today the as well. There you go. Um, but what I want to ask you is about a different receiver. Okay. So we're talking about a lot of guys right now um, on the Steelers' offense, but you notice who we're not mentioning is James Washington.
0: James Washington. Yep.
1: Like where where is this guy? Like I know when when Juju went down, everybody's like, "Thank thank goodness we didn't trade this guy." Like because this is exactly why you don't trade. He hasn't James been Washington.
0: around, man. He's been Where is kind he? Like invisible. other
1: than he made he he had that holding call against the Browns, and that was really the only time that I noticed him in that game. Um And going back weeks now, I, I haven't really noticed him. What is it with this guy,
0: uh, dude? I I wish I had an answer because even in like when when we were at training camp and we're watching the offense, he was a big part of the offense in training camp. They were using him a lot and i just assumed okay this is going to be their number 4 receiver and he's going to maybe fight for the number 3 receiver and if someone goes down he's definitely going to get normal snaps and now we're in a situation where juju did go down and we're not seeing we're not seeing james washington get those snaps i don't have an answer i don't know i don't know if it's something where he's maybe he's dealing with something that they're not they're not really disclosing maybe he's you know, in the doghouse, I, I honestly have no clue, man. Um, I, I know that they like Ray Ray McLeod. I don't. I, I it's not that I don't like Ray Ray McLeod, but I, I'm going to quote Mike Tomlin. Uh, his day job is a punt is a uh, kicker turner. Um,
1: <laughs> his day job. Yeah, I, I like think,
0: that. Yeah, I think uh, I think he should stick to his day job. I don't I don't like him very much as a wide receiver receiver or a slot receiver. But the but the Steelers seem to like Ray Ray McLeod and what he brings to the table maybe a little bit more than they like what James Washington brings. I do think that there's one there's one other wild card here that we're not talking about um, when it comes to James Washington. The emergence of Pat Fryer move. Uh, James, I, I know James Washington's supposed to be that deep threat, but if you add if you're putting James Washington on the field, in most cases that means you're probably going to be taking. One of those other guys off the field. And I think they like what they're seeing from Friar to where they don't want to take him off the field. And I realize that they play two different roles in the offense. But, you know, I, I think that it's one of those things where right now Friar offers more of what they want than James Washington does.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is Juju goes down and he was really the only like true slot guy that they had. And now they're they're scrambling trying to find one. And until Anthony Miller gets a helmet on game days, that's not going to happen. I mean, you can throw yeah. a, a big slot in there like Chase Claypool. Eric Ebron's out again tonight, but he would be a guy that even though he's listed as a tight end, he really is just going to be a big slot. I think when he comes back, that's really the only role I see him having, um, especially when you talk about the emergence of Zach Gentry and 12 personnel. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I, I really don't know. It's just odd to me that James Washington's best season as a Steeler came without Ben Roethlisberger, you know, 2019 with, with duck and and Mason throwing the football to him. So I, I, don't know what it is with this guy. I just don't think he does anything exceptionally well. Um, I think that he's a dependable guy, but you know, the biggest thing in this league right now is, is being a good route runner. And, and being able to to win with speed, and he really doesn't do either of those things.
0: Yeah, uh, I want to get to one real quick because uh, yep. I it, it, it threw me for a loop. Uh, I'm concerned. Not okay. Well, we'll answer this one, and I'll go to the one that threw me for the loop. Uh, I'm concerned how under Tomlin we've never had a dual threat, uh, a dual running back threat. Do you think it's possible that McFarland steps up? We talked about this a little bit earlier, so we'll just do a flyover of this. Uh, I think McFarland needs to step up. I think for this team to continue winning and to continue the success that they're having, I think that they, you know, we both agree that they can't rely on Najee Harris. Uh, As much as they're relying on him. I I think it's unfair to ask a rookie to do everything that he's doing. And I think that uh, the more that they put on his plate, the better chance that there is for him to get injured. There's better chance for something bad to happen uh, for him to just get tired later in the season. Um, So, yeah, I I do think that it's possible that McFarland steps up and I would even go as far as to say it's necessary for McFarland to step up.
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on this already. I will say, I think under Tomlin, you know, the best running back duos that we've had, obviously, you know, having D'Angelo Williams behind Le'Veon was awesome, but Mm -hmm. even when Le'Veon was healthy, D'Angelo really didn't have much of a role. It's just, man, if Le'Veon was out, you had another guy that could go for 100 yards with just a nice insurance policy. Um, Other than that, like very early, you can talk about, I guess, you know, Willie Parker and and Boss or something like that, but, well, that wasn't under Tomlin. What am I thinking? Mendenhall and – and Parker, right before Parker got yeah. injured, and then Mendenhall won the job. Um, yeah, we really haven't though, you know. And even even if you had two capable guys, it's always been one as a workhorse though. Tomlin loves those workhorses. There's yes, no doubt. Naji yes, Harris is going to be the workhorse. Yeah, I, of I just think
0: that. that's the that's the style of offense the Steelers have right yeah. now. I think that's that's how it is under Tomlin. Uh, all right, now here's the one that threw me for a loop. All right. Uh, is there any chance the pirates will get Andrew McCutcheon back? Robert, this is a Steelers show, my man. Uh, but because I love the pirates, I'm going to go ahead and say, I hope to God that they bring McCutcheon back. I don't see it happening, but I hope to God it does. Um, there's that, uh, Deontay, John Doe, Deontay's day job was punt returner as well. Just saying, I think that comparing Deontay to Ray, Ray McLeod is well, it's unfair to both of them here's the
1: only thing with that is he wasn't even going to be the punt returner that year, but Ryan Switzer was so bad that Deontay ended up becoming a second team, all pro punt returner,
0: Ryan uh, pitch, Switzer.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, Deontay was brought here because, you know, uh, God rest his soul Steelers wide receiver coach. You know, he, he saw something in him. He yeah. loved him. He said, we got to get this guy. And you remember the conversations like Bruce Arians calling him afterwards and saying, how dare you take. him. we were about to draft this guy. So, you know, he's a great route runner. He's already turned into one of the best in the NFL. Um, I I I'm not sure where that where that comment's coming from because he didn't start the season hey, as the I,
0: Listen, I hope to god Ray Ray McLeod turns into another Deontay Johnson. <laughs> I, listen, that would be great. I, I would love yeah. to be wrong about that. I just don't see that uh well, I don't see that that skill set in Ray Ray.
1: Yeah, not to mention Deontay, like I like I mentioned here with route running and being the best uh separator. You know, he wasn't, he's never going to, uh, people keep trying to like push him inside of the slot. That would just be so obtuse of the, of this team to do when you're talking about the only guy that really can consistently separate and you want to line him up inside against linebacker. I mean, right. he's going to, he, he would do well in there. That's fine. But then you don't have a guy on the outside that can right. separate against actual right. quarterbacks.
0: Uh, we've got straight ace saying that that's disrespectful. I don't know if he's saying we're disrespecting Ray Ray or if that's disrespectful to compare him to, to Deontay. Not sure what's going on there. But uh, we got another one from uh, I is Herbert says, yep, yep. Should, should we be nervous since coach T has never beaten the Bears? Go ahead. You answer first. I'm interested. Well, no, in the only thing this. that
1: I, the only thing I'm going to say is like with AFC rivals, it's more concerning because like that's that's a pattern. Right. But like when you talk about a team that you play every four years, you know, like there is so much that has changed from the last time that we played these guys. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to really say like the rosters look completely different. Um, Matt Nadey is much worse of a coach now than what we thought he was the last time that these two teams played uh I, I don't know it's it, again like but at the same time look how good tomlin and ben are on monday night so that kind of yeah. goes against that so I, I don't know give and take I, whatever it is these trends are you can look at them if you If want. it's For me. if
0: it's a division i'm with you if it's a division rival then I, th- I absolutely take that history into account because you play them twice a year even if it's an afc yeah. rival like the chiefs or someone where you play them you know three or four out of you know four or five years then i i take a little bit more into account like okay yeah, let's let's see what the history is there. But like you said, they play the Bears once every four years. Uh, mm-hmm. There, it's completely different circumstances, completely different situation. Uh, if you look at that roster that the Steelers had four years ago, uh, the only holdover in, on the offense really is, if I'm not mistaken, Ben. <laughs> you know, that's yep. like a, an everyday starter. So I, I don't really see. I, I don't get too nervous about that. Especially since the the Bears have had a complete coaching staff turnover since then, so they're you know you look at their team, they're pretty much not the same at all from four years ago. So now I, I don't put any concern there. I think that um, you know, the team just needs to show up and play and and do what we know that they're capable of. That was um,
1: Mike Glennon and Jordan Howard that beat us last time we played the Bears. By the yeah, way, it yeah, yeah, that's
0: awesome. so it, it's it's a different different circumstances different team uh different circus different set of clowns so <laughs> uh do you we got double hh uh do you so is that four h's or is that i, I don't i don't know I, okay but anyways do you think the real issue with stefan to it is addition is addition to antidepressants addiction i'm assuming he's saying is it is a human condition and the he is a human after all, in spite of his Superman size and strength. I don't want to get into speculating anything on that. I think that uh, Stefan to it. I think the only thing with Stefan to it right now is, you know, injury and personal issues uh, with his, you know, due to his brother passing uh, in a completely tragic. I mean, it's always tragic to lose a brother, but uh, the way he lost his brother. Uh, is just absolutely heartbreaking. I, I don't think that there's there's nothing coming from the team. There's nothing coming. There's not even a leak of anything other than just injury and you know what he's been dealing with personally. Uh, I yeah. do think that this is a good reason to um, get into the Fletcher Cox conversation that came out yesterday Ooh, or the day before. Yep. Uh, that worries me from the standpoint that maybe they don't know that Stephon Tuitt is going to come back uh they maybe they're not as confident about that as they thought they were uh earlier in the season because they were looking at somebody uh at interior defensive line like a Fletcher Cox to bring in um you know to to kind of fill that hole. Uh that also tells me what they think about Chris Wormley and um and Isaiah Bugs and you know all the other interior defensive linemen that have been playing. Maybe they're not as comfortable with those guys as they as they think or as as we think, I should say.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot like Chris Wormley's filled in admirably, but those guys that are playing out of position, a lot yeah. of them, you know, I mean, Fletcher talks would be a great addition to any team. And the, and the fact that Steelers showed interest does not surprise me uh, in the least, like even if they were incredibly confident about to coming back, which, you know, they're doing and saying all the right things in terms of that And Tomlin speak, leaving the light on for him to return this season, Um but, you know, it, it is very tough to say. I, I don't want to touch on anything other than the injury aspect of that because, you know, we heard, we heard that he hurt his knee,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, or, or right before the season started pretty much because we just thought it was like a personal issue and, and that's why he wasn't going to start the season. But you see that knee brace that he's rocking, man, and that thing is pretty hefty. Mm-hmm. Um, so not sure exactly what the injury that he suffered there was, but I'm thinking at this point it's more so about the injury than anything else as to why he hasn't rejoined this team.
0: Yeah, uh, our man Dennis uh, just—he's been all through this today. Shout out, Dennis. Uh, he says I think Wormley and Bugs are too inconsistent. Here's what, I, I actually do want to talk about this for a second because I think a lot of people have been uh, unfairly criticizing the the middle linebackers of this football team, the inside linebackers, uh, most notably Devin Bush. Uh, I think what people need to understand, if, if you now again, there's probably a lot of people watching this. Uh, I see 50 something people already. So uh, pro- most of you probably know the game of football better than I do. I, I mean, I'm not you know, I I played baseball. I, I'm not I don't pr- I don't profess to be some uh, football guru. But what I do know from a l- the little bit of coaching that I've done and a little bit of, you know, uh, film study that I've done on the high school level is you need your interior defensive lineman to eat those blocks so that your interior linebackers can get free and do what they're supposed to do. And so when you're missing Tyson Alualu and Stefan Tuitt from your lineup, and you're expecting Devin Bush and Joe Schobert and Robert Spillane to do what they're supposed to do, it's a little bit unfair. Now, that doesn't absolve uh, those guys from having some poor games, I think. Uh, but you've got to understand that that front three especially in the 3-4 defense, is really going to have a big impact on what those linebackers do if those linebackers are not the edge rushers. You know, if, they're, if they're not teeing off on the QB, uh, that interior defensive line really needs to do something to make sure that those, uh, those inside linebackers are insulated and can get to their jobs.
1: Well, I mean, here's what I'll say. I already touched on the fact that Bug's definitely playing out of position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Wormley, I get you know, where he's playing right now, filling in for two that's his more natural spot. But they have asked him to play some nose tackle, also replacing Oluwalu a little bit. I actually have, have liked what those guys have shown for the most part against the run, you know, Sands yeah. that second half against Seattle. I think last week, though, against Cleveland was very encouraging, holding Nick Chubb to 61 yards, and 21 of that was on one carry. So you take away that. He had 14 carries for 41 yards. I mean, you'll take that every day of the week. Look what he just did to Cincinnati yesterday. Um, so, you know, I think that there's they're definitely going in the right direction um, with with stopping the run, uh, and and they're almost back to being a top 10 defense. Which you know, uh, with the way that they had started the season, is is pretty remarkable um, to say. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think that those guys have filled in admirably. But to, to kind of circle back, the, the interest in Fletcher Cox definitely was not surprising to me. But I'm also very happy that they didn't give up the compensation that Philadelphia was looking for.
0: I'm glad to see the, uh, the back and forth in the comments section because we got our man Stubbs saying that Wormley has been fantastic. And then uh, Straight Ace comes right back with... Wormley has been average at best. <laughs> so listen, well, I, I think I think it's somewhere in between the two of those because, and, and I hate to be the guy that just takes the middle ground and agrees with everybody, but it's what you said. They're put in an impossible position to fill in the entire season uh, for two guys that are, you know, border. I mean, to It was a Pro Bowler, uh, Tyson Aluwalu you know i think he he is a an above average defensive lineman interior defensive lineman in the nfl no doubt um so to have chris wormley isaiah bugs you know these guys that are uh, henry mondo uh coming in and and filling this and kind of doing interior d line by committee uh they're not doing a bad job they're doing better than i think i expected to see them do um but it's not stefan Tuitt and tyson alawalu they're just not going to be those guys so. Well, yeah,
1: those guys offer more as pass rushers too, and I think that that's the biggest thing is they don't have that same splash. You know, they can be maybe just below what those two in Alu and Tua are as run stoppers, but they're never ever going to be what those two are as pass rushers.
0: Yeah, and and uh, Todd says the line doesn't cause Bush to over pursue though. No, and that's my point. They, you know, Devin Bush and Joe Schobert have not been what we expected them to be this year. Joe Schobert came in on a trade. We expected him to be this coverage master at, at middle linebacker. Uh Devin Bush is supposed to be that sideline the sideline guy and with jo- with Joe Schobert taking over the play calling on the on the defensive side of the ball wearing the green dot. I remember that the narrative uh, when we brought in Joe Schobert was, "Oh good, this is going to let uh, Devin Bush uh, kind of get back to just reacting rather than having to, you know, maybe think more on the football field. And so far, that hasn't been completely the case. So yeah, I actually, I, I absolutely agree with you that uh, even though the interior defensive line has a lot to do with how these inside linebackers play, especially against the running game, uh, you're right. The over pursuit and everything, like they they still need to to clean some things up. So that's a it's a really good point, Todd. Uh, what else we got here? What else we got, Smitty? Uh, uh... Let's take a look. Uh, let's stick. A lot on. of people
1: want to talk about Bush, and of course, yeah, someone, so,
0: someone's going to bring up
1: Shazier. I knew it was coming with, with Devin Bush. All
0: right, let's see here. Uh, Bush definitely guilty of over-pursuing in the tape I've seen. Um, let's see what else we got. Okay, you said Shazier, yeah, but then again, Shazier overpursued a lot. Also, Shazier mm-hmm. uh, also had the speed to make up for any kind of mistakes that he made. He was a special, special athlete. Uh everybody keeps using the excuse that he's coming off an injury, but over pursuing the ball is not injury related uh for filling your gaps. Um yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything going on that you can pin on the injury. And I think when it comes to the overpursuit, when it comes to, you know, even doing too much sometimes, I see him it's almost like he's trying to make up for mistakes uh on the field that that's all mental stuff, man. That's the mental side of the game. Uh, let's get back to some question. Here's uh, we've got John Doe again. How do y'all feel about Minka's performance so far in the season? We talked about Minka a little bit before, but let's get in a little bit more. You know, let's dig into Minka Fitzpatrick's uh, uh, season as, you know, as we sit here right now. I think Minka has been better than what most people will give him credit for. And here's why I think that the tackles that he's missed have been so glaring, like the Seattle game. Right. Like there were a few in that Seattle game where they were just I mean, it was everybody on the defense that, 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 you know, aside from Cam Hayward and TJ Watt that was missing tackles like that. But um, I think a couple of mistakes were so bad. That they stick. It's almost like to Chris, Chris Letang if we go back to hockey real quick. Like, you know, he makes one or two bad mistakes that are so glaringly obvious that they're so bad that everyone thinks, oh, this guy's overrated. I think that's the situation with Minka Fitzpatrick right now. I think he's made a couple of bad mistakes that everybody saw. That, you know, if you take those away, and I know it's impossible to do that, he's actually been a lot better. Uh, the thing with Minka, though, is we rely on Minka uh, as a fan base, and the Steelers rely on Minka as a football team, to make those big, as Tomlin calls them, splash plays, and he hasn't made them so far. And that's why I think people are so over the top when you combine those two factors, a couple of really bad plays, bad missed tackles, and then the lack of interceptions and forced fumbles. Uh, now, all of a sudden, everybody panics about Minka. But I think if you watch him from a positional standpoint, um, the the plays at the beginning of the season where you know maybe he was a little out of position, he's gotten those cleaned up. Uh, and I think he's, he's getting back to what, um, you know, what he's supposed to be as a safety and what we, what the Steelers brought him in for.
1: Yeah. I mean, you kind of said what I was going to say as soon as I saw that question pop up was the fact that if he's not making the splash plays, then all of a sudden you're, you're really like breaking down his game aside from that, because if he's right. not doing that, you want to criticize him because he's not doing that. And, you know, you can, can, pick out every little thing that he's done wrong. And these missed tackles are so much more glaring if he's not giving you the turnovers like he typically is. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, he's definitely not been the same Minka Fitzpatrick from the first two seasons that we've seen here, but I think that he's also, you know, kind of at a disadvantage because the other two years that he's been here, we've been four deep at corner with four really good corners. And now that that's not the case and he's being asked to do more, you know, Hey, cover for this, for James Pierre, this, this first year player, essentially, I know he was here last year. He played 38 snaps on defense. He's Mm -hmm. essentially a rookie. Um, you know, he, he's doing a lot of overcompensating on this defense right now. But the better that these guys get, like James Pierre has shown very well. You haven't heard his name really in the last couple of weeks, and that is a very good thing. Uh, it's going to let Minka slide back into that natural role and just allow him to be around the ball like he was breaking up that pass and the Cleveland game.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that, uh, you know, the last two comments I put up here uh, from Straight Ace and from James, uh, splash is not easy, especially with him moving around. Great point you know there I think they and and to to that point uh we've got James saying I think they're asking too much of Minka uh they're making him back up three not so good players on the defense and that's to your point um yeah. you know there's there's a lot going on in that defensive backfield and here's this is the other thing the way the Steelers have built their defense uh and if you don't believe me you can just listen to uh TJ Watts uh last um press availability I believe that was on Friday. Uh, the Steelers build their defense uh, from the pass rush out. So they're not going to have uh world beater defensive backs. As far as, you know, the corner position goes, I don't think they're ever going to have that shutdown Jalen Ramsey type cornerback because that's not how the Steelers build their defense. The Steelers build their defense on guys like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and Alex Highsmith who can get after the quarterback fast and cause chaos in the backfield make the quarterback overthink things or try to react too fast and then the opportunistic cornerbacks and safeties like Aminka fitzpatrick take advantage of those situations if it's not a sack the, mm-hmm. this defense isn't built on you know dominant corners this defense is built on dominant pass rushers and edge rushers and guys that can get at quarterbacks fast what um, I will
1: say is, I think that they. I saw, you know, he said, um, who was it? I saw say something about putting him in a spot. Oh, he should be more put more in a ball hawk role by this by random yeah. guy. Shout out to random guy. <laughs> um, I think that they can kind of use him more as a robber with the emergence of a guy like Trey Norwood. You can do yeah, some different yeah. things with Minka. Trey
0: Norwood's a big. Po- that's that's a that's a good point there, man. Trey Trey Norwood's a big wild card here. Yeah, I mean
1: he he's a big piece for this defense, I think, moving forward to get Minka back to where, you know, we want to see Minka it is, you know, not necessarily having to play all these different roles um because he's trying to overcompensate for what we have in the corner room right now.
0: Yeah. All right, let's see what else we got here because we got a lot of Minka talk now. <laughs> uh, so let's let's move it on. Todd's gonna uh, shift us away from Minka. Uh, should well, we even consider Djax or OBJ or is it too much of a risk for the locker room issues? Uh, you can take Djax off the board right now because he uh, he's with the Raiders. Um, he signed with the Raiders, I believe, this morning, uh, either last night or this morning. OBJ, I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. Uh, and listen, well, that's that's not an. I don't think what happened in Cleveland is is his fault, but I think that that receivers room has a very good chemistry right now. I think those dudes get along with each other. They have a lot of fun. I don't know what OBJ offers this team that we don't already have in say a Deontay Johnson, you know, or you know the deep threat that uh, Chase Clay- Claypool can be. I just I don't think that it's worth the money that you would spend on him. I think that money could be better served being spent on an offensive lineman or an interior defensive lineman or a defensive back.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, there's really not much intrigue from OBJ's side in this either. You know, even if the Steelers are in a position to compete for a postseason berth, this offense, like we've talked about, they operate through the run game. And, you know, really, Deontay Johnson, Pat Friermuth, Chase Claypool, that's enough mouths to feed the past yeah. game. There's just yeah. no way OBJ is going to see the volume to keep him happy here in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. Uh, so our last episode, um, Dale and I talked about this, and I want to get your your thoughts on this uh, on this, Zach. It says ESPN had us. This is from uh, Stig Kierkegaard Jensen. <laughs> It's a good name. Uh, ESPN had us as the worst draft this year. I think it must already been must already been proven wrong. How will both how will you both rank our draft this year uh, seen up against other draft years? Is this better or worse? I am always a person that thinks that you really can't uh, grade a draft class until at least three years after that draft class. With that said, because I think this is an extreme circumstance. When you have five rookies spending, if not starting, legitimate time in your lineup, that's a heck of a draft class, man. In my opinion, that is that's that's a that's a home run of a draft class for at least one year. I mean, you've got Najee Harris, who I think should be I know that the national media hasn't put him there yet, and it drives me absolutely insane talking about ESPN. Uh, But Najee Harris should absolutely be in the offensive rookie of the year conversation. You've got Pat Fryermuth, who every week just gets better and every week becomes more involved with the passing game. And then you've got Kendrick green and Dan Moore jr. Who have been every week starters on the offensive line and have, have both done well. All right. There, there were some hiccups and the, you know, the, the wheels were wobbly at the beginning of the season, especially during that three game losing streak. But, the way that the those offensive linemen as rookies are playing right now, I'm so impressed with those two. Especially last week, you put Dan Moore Jr. on an island against Miles Garrett, and he lets up one sack. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. Miles Garrett got into the backfield sometimes, but for the most part, if you tell me that a rookie tackle is going to go up against Miles Garrett and let up one sack, I will take that all day, every day. He did well, and then you talked about the the wild card and the defensive backfield, Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood's been a very pleasant surprise. The dude, it's funny. We talk about all the issues that uh, Minka has tackling. Trey Norwood's like the anti Minka, and that's in that sense. Yeah. He gets his arms on guys, and they just go down. It's impressive, man. I, I, and so, yeah, from that standpoint, uh, Stig having five rookies uh, being uh, consistent contributors week to week for a, a football team uh, that doesn't happen very often. And the fact that it has, you have to give the the scouting department and the coaching staff a, a dab uh, for what they've done with this draft class so far.
1: Yeah, even you know a guy like Isaiah Loudermilk, who they traded up for. Yeah, like, what yeah, are they doing? I mean good, he's he's it's... played he's played decent, and again he's kind of playing out of position because of Carlos Davis not being available to this team, and he should have been. You know, a guy after the Oluwalu injury that kind of stepped up. He was supposed to be next in line there, and they were excited for him. Um, but, yeah, this draft class as a whole, like you, I don't think that can be judged in year one, but the yearly returns are nice. Um, mm-hmm. When you talk about, you know, it kind of goes back to just the team as a whole and Ben saying that we're not where we want to be, but we're winning while we're improving. And that's, you know, these offensive the offensive linemen that you talked about in Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. Those are probably the two that you would be most worried about, you know, being in charge of protecting Ben and potentially his final year, a 39-year-old quarterback, and we're throwing rookies out there to protect him. You know, and especially you mentioned Dan Moore in an island last week. He did not have help with a chip from a tight end
0: or a running back on most the, of those snaps. The only, time, the, only, the only chip he got was on the Friar Muth touchdown. They, they yeah. sent uh, Ben even said it in his uh, post game that, you know, he had, he had moved Najee over to, to give a little help because he saw something and a mm-hmm. uh, good, good thing he did because that was a big play. Um, go back to our man Stubbs. What scares me is Justin Fields running ability. See that doesn't scare me. Look at how the Steelers have handled running quarterbacks in the past. I, I'm not worried about a mobile quarterback. Look at the quarterbacks to pick apart the Steelers. It's not it's not mobile quarterbacks. It's guys like Tom again. Tom Brady's the goat, but it's guys like Tom Brady. It's guys that sit in the pocket. If you give them time, they can just sit there and let things open up. Uh, I am not worried about Justin Fields uh, at all. Um, you know, I, I rookie quarterbacks don't do well against these Steelers defenses. And uh, you're talking about him coming into Pittsburgh on a Monday night with a crazy crowd. I'm not too worried about yeah. it.
1: Yeah. See, that's that's the thing is I think that I, I put a tweet out about this, too. I think that that's why Steeler fans depreciate what Lamar Jackson does so much is because of how the Steelers limit him. And they think right. that that's just the case lead wide. And it's not this dude goes for like 400 total yards against everybody else and then has his worst football games of his career against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, yeah, I, I think that the Steelers just have a formula for this. Um, and, you know, obviously it, it's something to monitor, like his athleticism outside of the pocket. He seems to be getting more comfortable. That offense is, is horrendous. That offensive line will make you really appreciate the Steelers offensive line, I think, tonight uh, when T.J. Watt and Ty Smith go to work, Cam Hayward. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields himself, obviously that, that's a threat, but uh, it's something that the Steelers are very familiar with.
0: Yeah, let's uh, go back to the defensive side of the ball here. Do you oh, think the Steelers I, this is what have I was smirking just Quincy now? Quincy Roche. I, I know. As soon as it came up, <laughs> I saw your face. That's why I brought it up. Uh, listen, I love Quincy Roche coming out of Miami. He was kind of like my steal of the draft for the Steelers, so I was pretty upset to see him go. Uh, however, who, who in this rookie class were you going to cut over Quincy Roche? Because someone had to go. So. Well, uh, I, I think I mean, you the, also could have, I mean, you could have, you, you could make the argument and I know he's not in the rookie class. You could have talked, you could have, you could talk about maybe letting go like a, a Uli uh, Ulysses Grant. Cause they kept him over Quincy Roche. I, I I can get that argument. I can get behind that, but I also know that the organization loved Yuli and wanted to give him a chance and really wanted to see what, what he could do, if anything. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm bummed that Quincy Roche is not with the Steelers and I, I really liked that draft pick, but, I mean, we're, we're talking again, we're talking about a sixth round pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would have kept Quincy, Quincy Roche. I was very upset when they let him go. And then all of a sudden like the emergence of Jameer Jones, like, okay. But then, you know, they lose him too on waivers as well. Um, now I do like Derek Tuzaka as like a developmental prospect who they yeah. got from the Broncos practice squad. Um, and they bring in taco Charlton too, but it is like Quincy Roche, the production in college was just insane. Like I thought he was a steal in the sixth round. So yeah, we are talking about sixth rounder, but I thought, you know, he could have gone as early as the third or fourth round. Um, I, I did think that they didn't need to keep as many inside backers as they did. Um, I understand the special teams aspect of things like Marcus Allen, Ulysses Gilbert. They rely heavily on those guys for special teams. Um, but man, I, I, I don't know. I think that that just goes back to, to them kind of like overthinking it. And like you said, the, the thing with UG three man was always his athleticism, but he's had multiple back injuries since coming into the league. And that's kind of just sucked any athleticism that he had out of him. Like he's supposed to be like, people think that Devin Bush, they want him to be better in pass coverage. Right. Ulysses Gilbert is good in pass coverage, but unfortunately he has just hasn't been able to stay onto the field.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to, since we're going to be wrapping up here um, also, we're wrapping up, but at 2 PM, if you like, my man smitty zach smith uh if you like him check him out at 2 p.m with his normal co-host uh tyler weeks on around the 412 that premieres at 2 p.m on our youtube channel so if you're on our youtube channel just hang out until 2 uh stick around and you'll get uh, another 40 minutes or so of m- this beautiful face right here uh tyler week or zach smith uh tyler <laughs> and two, tyler too yeah uh recently so, engaged yeah shout out to Tyler and his uh his new fiance uh since we're wrapping it up, I do want to get to a question that I saw here and I hope I could find it again um I don't know if it was a question or a comment, but I think it's a good uh, uh finishing conversation to have and uh, put put your comments in we'll you know answer this too in the comments we'll try to get them up on the on the screen Ooh. uh out of all the guys from Steeler's past, I wish we had today's on today's roster hands down it would be rod woodson could play every secondary position at an elite level as well as punt returner and kick returner at an all pro level uh double hh that is a a great point i think that uh rod woodson is one of the greatest stealers of all time you nobody can tell me anything different uh that dude was was something to watch man he was special Um uh, stub says tyler stinks real quick i had to throw that in there uh, <laughs> uh but All right. So if you had to pick one Pittsburgh Steeler from this franchise's history to put on this team to improve the Super Bowl odds, to get us in, to get the Steelers into Super Bowl contention, who would that guy be? I'll give you a minute. Also, like I said, if you're watching along, if you're watching right now, uh, throw it in the comments section who you think your guy would be. Um, I, man, that's tough boy. Cause there's a lot of strategy involved with this. You can't just yeah. say, you know, like, I I mean, like I, I want to say like, my favorite guy is Jack Lambert, but like, I, I don't know that, oh, man, this cause he played in a more of a four three scheme. So like, I, I don't know that he helps this team as much. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I lean towards the offensive side of the ball. You know, I, I would lean towards a lineman. But
1: yeah, that's the thing is like most people's minds just go to who is the best player in franchise right. history. Like who
0: do where? Where's the biggest weakness that you can fill yeah. with the Hall of Famer, which is why I think Rod
1: Woodson's actually a really good answer. I yeah. mean, you could say Mel Blunt, but Mel Blunt would get kicked out of every single game. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. I'll tell you what, though. I'll say this, though. Um, uh, Todd brings up a good one here. Interior uh, defensive line help. What better interior defensive line help than bringing Mean Joe Green back?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah uh I is Herbert for real gotta be Allen I mean Alan that's a Faneke. good one recently you know, bringing in a a yeah fan. yeah but here, here's the thing Fanica played guard and the weakness on this offensive line is tackle so I mean I would take Allen Fanica over either two of the guards we have and that's no knock on the two guards we have right now Dotson and, Tr- and uh, Trey Turner but I'm taking Fanica every time over those guys uh here's a good that- one
1: that shouldn't be a hot take but
0: yeah uh <laughs> prime big ben does that count
1: I, I that honestly occurred to me too i was thinking just like uh
0: yeah that counts that counts nolan that early 2010 counts. yeah uh james Fetchko goes with i got i go woodson or the big snack my man the big ragu if you have not watched the ramon foster show absolutely catch it before this Steeler game absolutely catch the the uh the the ramon foster show, <laughs> jeffrey uh, yeah <laughs> uh before the uh before before you watch the Steeler game tonight dk and ramon foster have a great conversation uh, about the the youth of the offensive line and why that's a big uh why that's a big deal for this football team and how it's actually a positive so uh when you're done with this watch around the 412 and then when you're done with around the 412 go back into the uh, uh from yesterday just go back and watch the ramon foster show with dk there's ramon.
1: enough content on this channel for it to just fill up your entire time until the steelers play yeah. tonight
0: hey uh just uh, i'm frozen up right here right now uh my battery died on my camera oh, so nice. uh we'll, we'll get this wrapped up here in a minute uh my man mike fitz says greg lloyd that is a great answer too but uh imagine okay so you know we, we the steelers lose melvin ingram right and now we're, we're looking for taco charlton to be that third guy <laughs> as the edge rusher now you say hey you know what we don't need a third guy on on ed, ed rush we're going to make alex highsmith that third guy as ed rusher because we're bringing greg lloyd back and we're going to put him with tj watt uh what do you do as a quarterback with that one uh um, james harrison lamar woodley for like two seasons yeah two seasons lamar <laughs> woodley um we've got uh his stubs with i think the two the, the two funniest uh jeff reed and uh dan marino not an ex-stealer but, Go back uh, like the 1984 yeah. draft, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless instead of taking uh, Gabe Rivera, you take Dan Marino, and uh, the fortunes of the franchise of the 80s is completely, completely mm-hmm. different. Hey, look, uh, since I'm frozen, like I said, my battery died on my camera. Uh, you know, Smitty's got things to do before this football game tonight. I know he's going. Uh, if you're going yes. to the game, shout out Smitty. See if you can find him. Uh, he'll everybody that finds him, he'll give them 20 bucks each. I um, might
1: uh, I might be able to teach you how to Dougie, too. If you guys yeah. follow me on Twitter, you get there it. There
0: you go. There you go. Uh, hey, listen, for everybody that hung out with us today in the comments section, for everybody that watched along with us for the whole 47 minutes, we appreciate you all. Uh, this has been Steelers Today live stream edition with Smitty. Zach Smith and myself, Eddie Provident. I almost said Mad Chad Nolan because of the uh, (laughs) just how conditioned I am. Mad Chad Uh, Eddie Show. Listen, I will probably see you either tomorrow or Wednesday with Dale down on the south side. So again, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.